You are now in tune to a 726 Studio production. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Planet Josh. Today is once again another kind of serious-ish topic. No, not kind of, but more a serious topic. Today, I am joined by Miss Mia Dawson. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I guess I'll say a bit about myself. Yeah, I'm Mia Dawson, uh, 21 years old, born and raised in Belize City. Um, currently attending University of the West Indies online while I work remotely as well. So everything's at home. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a life, right? To an extent. Oh, yeah, trust me. Um, brain breaks are a lot easier to take. I can work and do school in my own time. I can still take care of my house in my own time. It's really nice. And then you don't have to worry about, oh, I have to make sure I wake up at this time because I need to get ready. And I, Some days, especially on those harder days, I literally would roll out of bed two minutes before a meeting and like take a midday shower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair, fair enough, right? I mean, I even did that with school. Yeah. Without, without being remote. I <laughs> got, like, because I used to live on campus, it's like, okay. Oh. And the campus was fairly small. So if I wake up, it's like less than five minutes to get to a classroom. So it's like, eh. ah. you, you set the alarm for the very last second, if possible. And then you go and then it's like, oh, whatever. Actually, when I was going to school in person here, I lived, I don't know if every, like, the audience would be familiar, but I lived in Ladyville, and that's like a 20-minute drive to the city. So I literally would like result to just wearing pajamas to school to get, you know, cut down on getting ready in the morning. I mean, end of the day, right? You're just going to school, so. Yeah, exactly. I used to like say, um, they don't buy my clothes, so I could wear what I want. Yeah. <laughs> So um, today we're going to talk about a topic that Mia suggested to me, yeah. which and I, I very much appreciate suggestions mm. always, as long as it's a, you know, something of substance. And so we're going to look at mental health in terms of the work environment and how it affects it and all of that. So before we get into that, let's talk about mental health itself. I know in Belize, like I just recently touched on this with one of my friends from Honduras. Um, in Belize, we don't necessarily treat it with much value, if any, at all. And so, in terms of your personal experience with mental health, when did you start to, you know, kind of place a value on it, some importance on it? Yeah, I mean, um, it was a it was a bumpy and a long road to my actual realization. Um. I think I first came to terms with it in high school when I would have symptoms of certain, like I would have anxiety and and just different other things that affected me that I was completely unaware of. And I would go to doctors and I would talk to adults and nobody knew what was wrong and I knew something was wrong with me. It took like one of my friends having to sit down with me and like force it in my brain that it's a mental thing and that's where you need to start. Um, and even just knowing that didn't help. I didn't know what resources to take. I didn't have anyone to talk to. 
our own high school counselor wasn't much of a help. She uh, was very, like, you know, a traditional Belizean way of dealing with anything that bothers you. You know, go, go pray or go study. And, and those obviously didn't help. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I went to, I finished high school and I realized, you know, maybe I should do some studying myself and see where this takes me. And if I could be, you know, that person that my friend was for me, you know, somebody that could listen to what other people are going through and be an outlet for them or a guidance for them. So I started to study psychology. Um, and right again, even with knowing the effects of mental health and, and getting all that information that people at home and people in my country fail to give me, I still didn't know how exactly to navigate my own disposition. Okay. Um, so that's when I really, you know, I, I ended up like taking a break from school. I went to work and literally just had to figure it out on my own, essentially. So there's obviously still a huge lack of understanding or even representation in our culture that to this day, there are still some things that I don't really know how to navigate. And I don't have the resources in my own country to, to help me with them. Yeah. And you know, but before I get into that, like, you know what's surprising to me is that you had a friend in high school that was like yeah. oh, mental. That is like, you know, someone that is aware of it at that age. Right. Honestly. And she was the only person out of what a school of, or even just my year of like 300 people. She was the only one that knew what was going on. That's really rare because like for myself, I didn't really have an understanding or anything of that sort until I was like, what? This is like, what, 2019? So I was already 22. And then in high school in Belize, you're like 15, 16, there about. Yeah. And, this, and your friend is already mindful of these things. I'm like, okay. That's very surprising. Yeah. Um, I, not, not to, you know, fit you into gender assumptions but i'm assuming if you're surrounded by male friends they don't want to talk about that if you are going through something you're probably gonna do literally anything else yeah you're gonna do everything else possible except worry about it or right hear about it like unfortunately males we tend to just you know you're a you're a man so yeah man up be, <laughs> yeah man up you're supposed to be strong or or even if they're not that straight up about like man up about it they're very oh no worries don't worry about it yeah don't worry or about like it. why why you even worry about that you, you know? know like i remember this thing like one of my friends used to always tell me like people like to believe when they tell you oh don't worry about it problem solved right away just went away <laughs> you know like wow man why didn't i just stop worrying about it like thank you thank you for like, great <laughs> advice you know I know. Um, it's funny though, because without even knowing about mental health, I've always been a person. If somebody comes to me with, oh crap, this happened, or I feel horrible, then my go-to is let's talk about it. And and this is me not even knowing that anxiety is a thing, that depression is a thing. I'm just like, well, we obviously need to address this now or else it builds up and it becomes a bigger problem later. Yeah. Okay, when. I feel disappointed in my. <laughs> I mean, not like I'm that much older, but still, I'm like, 
Okay. Now, I really think it's more of like it's very situational and it's very, not everybody can do it. And this is a spe- like specifically why I encourage it with anybody that I come across. And trust me, I've found people who are set in their ways, stubborn. They don't want to talk no matter how much you sit them down. <laughs> no, like, you're, like, like they say, right? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Ah, uh, Yeah. Very unfortunate, but very true. That is very, very, very true. Like, I don't. I think one of the bigger problems here in Belize is that we're not open-minded individuals. Yeah. If we said a so, that's so, and no other way around it. Yeah. I mean, to bring it back to mental, yeah, mental health. I think that's one of the biggest challenges moving forward. I'm hopeful that we're gonna get to a place in our society that mental health is something that everybody understands and makes effort to talk about and uh, like be better with, but we're so close-minded. I would recall like stories from my aunts who are not that older than I am would insist on, well, you shouldn't talk to your kids this way because our mom didn't do it. Our grandmother didn't do it. And that to them, that's just the right way. When clearly you can see now that it's not the way that it should be. You know, like when you mentioned the thing about with kids, right? I have this one friend and about a week or two weeks ago, I was at his house. Me and my girlfriend visited him and he has a wife and a a little daughter. And just the way in which they're approaching raising this child is not the way we were raised. And it is a good thing. Oh, not, nice. saying, not saying that the way we were raised is a bad thing, right? Because that makes it sound like we're trying to say we had bad parents, but we didn't. <laughs> like people can only do what they know. Right. What, what they saw or what they see to believe as this is the way and what's not. But like um, his wife, she tells me like, you know, they're trying to not have their daughter go through the things they went through. Because as a child, there are a lot of little different ways that we really messed up. We got messed up along the way because, oh, you're not supposed to do this. So when you get older, you're afraid to do certain things because you were programmed to think, I I shouldn't do this. Or like, you know, there are a lot of scare tactics. Right. Yeah, that, that had me. I was thinking about this just the other day is I noticed with a lot of parents and even to this day, if a child is misbehaving, it's not it's not a conversation of you shouldn't do this, do this instead. We were told like, none of that, none of that, like stay away, like everything not to do, which already builds a lot of anxiety for a child because we now know what not to do, but we don't know what's the right thing to do. You know, like it, it brings me to the, I think you've seen the meme, be- meme before, like with the street lights coming on. Ah. Like, that, that was your reminder to like, Sure, that, that's not a good example because it makes sense why you want your kids home when it's dark. But right. like, stuff like that, we already get programmed where it's like, as we see this, okay, we have to react this type of way. Right. And you hear of uh, kids who listen out for footsteps so they know to put down their phones. You know, um, <laughs> think about like if your parents would go out and you're at home and you're just watching TV or just doing nothing. The moment you hear the the vehicle come up to the house or or the door about to be open, 
you're running to do something or, 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 or something. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> anything. You as long get, as you're not sitting down relaxing. You know, like you just get super anxious and you just go. And it brings us right back to being anxious, just that we didn't treat it as that. Right. Yeah. Uh you're already instilled from a very young age of just an overwhelming feeling of anxiousness without any answers, without even knowing that you're anxious. It's just been programmed into you. Yeah, and you know, like there are so many times like you don't want to ask your parents certain things. You're afraid. By the end of the day, the worst they can say is no, right? But yeah. yet you choose to not ask because you're afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. I know there was this one famous phrase from my mom and I used to hate it. But like I would ask, maybe not, not a complex question, but clearly a question that I don't need to know the answer to at my age at the time. And she yeah. would just say, you all know when I get older. It's like, and I'm there like, what do you mean? <laughs> How much older? Exactly. Why not? When do I find out? What do you I know? find out? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what's the secret? <laughs> but it is what it is. I think we're slowly transitioning to, you know, unlearning these things. But at the same time, I still see a lot of kids, like little kids, like 10 and under that, you know, they already have certain behaviors that I'm like, uh, maybe we don't unlearn these things anytime soon. Yeah, it's it's sticky. I mean, I've seen a lot of parents who have young kids nowadays. Um, and I guess not forgive my psychology here, but like from from birth to age five is your most formative years. Yeah. All your initial behaviors, everything that pretty much a person that you're going to be comes from that first five years. And I think that's where a lot of parents falter. What I see common most days is um, they're on their phones a lot. They're not really paying attention to the kids. So kids nowadays don't know how to say when they're upset or don't know when to set boundaries. And I think that's already setting us up for an interesting generation to come especially with the devices thing yeah focused on devices not saying what they feel or not you know even saying when they're hungry i i see that happen it's a head scratcher i guess you could say (laughs) very very interesting but nonetheless um good luck to all the parents out there uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> don't don't plan to be one anytime soon, but um <laughs> not in this economy. You know, I could barely um survive on my own as is. But anyways, um speaking about surviving to survive, you gotta work and work comes with a lot of its own challenges. Oh yeah. I've I've been there and well yeah, let, let's hear about yours. So you mentioned to me that you were working at a place. Uh, a BPO to be precise. We will not say the name, of course. Um, but what was that like, you know? Um, if I'm being very vague, it was a great experience. I'll get to the juicy first, but it was a great experience in the sense that I, like I mentioned, so I took a break from school and I went to work. So I was determined. I wanted to climb the ladder. I wanted to do everything that I could to get success at this place. 
And the problem with that is I think that kind of clouded my vision in what's actually going on in this workplace. Um, so I would find myself, and this was, of course, months into the job, but I would find myself calling in sick when I wasn't sick or literally finding any excuse to get a day off or I would eat my lunch somewhere separated from everybody. And I kind of boiled it down to maybe I'm just being lazy or I'm unmotivated and I blamed myself. And it literally took leaving that company to look back and realize, holy crap, the work environment sucked. <laughs> and like I think about it with other like things that I hear from other people as well. It's it's the same thing. It's going on all over in Belize. Ah. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start, <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I know the feeling because I worked at one place at this point, whoever knows me knows where I worked, but that's okay. I worked in one branch as a temporary employee. Life was good. I did the same thing, you know, trying to be a very good employee. I went the extra mile because when you're young and, and you just start working, you know, you want to make a good impression. Okay. And then you're just, you know, you're being this super good employee. Some people might say you're trying to be too good, but in in reality, you're just being who you are. You just want to go the extra mile. Nonetheless, so I en ended up getting a full-time job at the headquarters. And when I got there, that's when I really got the, the bad experience of like, okay. oh, this is what a toxic work environment is like. You know, you go to... The, like I went from every day I go to work, I have no problem. I go to work good. I leave work in a good mental state. I'm I'm in a good mood. I do what I have to do after work. And you know, it's not a it's not tiring. However, when I move to the other work, other location, it's like, oh man, another day of work. When is it gonna be five o'clock? Um, and then it's just an endless routine thinking of how do I get out of here? Yeah. But at the same time in Belize, it's it's not that easy to find a job. So it's like you just can't walk away from a job. So you you have to stick it through and just take the L. <laughs> but for me it was like, okay. Luckily I got a scholarship, so I left Belize. But then when I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, that was like I knew it was bad at the time, but I'm like, man, it's really bad. Yeah, and it sucks because I think one of the things, let me rephrase that. So with where I was working, a lot of the people there were, the people that had that same mentality of, you know, jobs are scarce. I need to stay here and establish a career. And so they're there for 10, 15 years, you know. Um, and it's not because they obviously didn't get that opportunity to leave and, and get something or pursue something different. Um, and I think even that, feeds into the culture that they create at that work environment. I think as humans, and we see it today with a lot of, uh, I guess, Gen Zs, you see like on TikTok, like they're rage quitting and they're looking for better, bigger opportunities. We don't have that culture here in Belize. It's you need to stick to a place for your entire life and retire and get whatever pension they give you, you know? So we're, we just have people stuck in the same job 
not helping the environment, not making it feel like you want to come in to work with them. <laughs> and and you know what? Like, it's crazy because when I used to look at people that have been working at the same place for like 10, 15, 20 more, I'm like, how? How did you do this for so long? Like, I don't even know if I can make it to five years. Maybe, maybe it's just me. I'm not able to just stick to one job like that because I, I like to be challenged in a sense. I, right. I like trying new things. So that could be the reason. However, you know, it's unfortunate that a lot of us have that mentality where it's like, if I lose this job, I won't get another one ever again. And let's be real. If more people took that current Gen Z attitude, which I'm not saying is the best one either, because I think it's a little bit too extreme at the same time. Risky, yeah. Yeah, very risky. But at the same time, it's because they they know they have something to fall back on. Because unfortunately, a lot of people that are stuck in these environment environments, they don't have the opportunity or right. they cannot take that risk because they have a family to provide right. for. And so if they take that risk, they're not the only ones that will suffer. Right. Kids will not be able to go to school or they'll be struggling. So it's like, it's a lot of things. But because we feel like we have to be there, we do it. And let's be, this is from my opinion, right? This has nothing to do with me. I just have to clear <laughs> that up. Um, Thanks. I have relatives. I have friends at work like bpos and stuff like that and when i listen to like their hours of work i'm like bro you literally are at work every single hour every single moment you're awake like i have this one friend i remember i think he had a shift that was 2 to 11 and then 2 to 11 again oh my i mean that's that's his choice right because of course you don't have to work that many hours because right. I think a lot of people choose to work at multiple places. Mm. However, I have another cousin, like I have a cousin that was like the same thing. I'm like, bro, you don't even get to enjoy the money you're making because the little time off you have is like nothing. He's like, oh, I can spend it all in one day. I'm like, I mean, that, that, that's <laughs> one way to look at it, right? But at the same time, are you really living? Because you're you're forcing yourself to work and work and work and then we get so caught up in a toxic environment that we re we start to be like, oh, okay. The money really starts to take over and say, okay, let's work more hours, make more money. But at the same time, you're just digging yourself deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Yeah. Um, two points. You said something earlier about, um, you know, not or working at the same place for forever. Um, when I was working at this BPO, and, you know, just the toxic work culture aside, I was coming up on my year and I was already thinking, like, I will say at that point, like, I realized that I already kind of maxed out the ceiling for growth there. I realized that whatever promotions I could have gotten here, I've gotten. And the only other way to climb is if I stay here for maybe 30 years. And I was like, that's not what I want to do. Like, I want to get a house. I want to start a family. So. That's, you know, when I started looking and leaving. Um, and I do, I agree. Not everybody has an opportunity. I mean, just the job that I have now, I, 
I'm surprised that I even landed it. It was literally like a one in a million chance of it ever happening. Um, so I lucked out there. But yeah, uh, the other thing too with with uh, just have working so much hours and it kind of forces you to that, that minute that you have a time off, it's like, okay, I'm going to blow my paycheck right now because you only live one life. Yep. And apart from that, especially in those VPOs, you're not really getting much benefit as an employee. You're literally giving 80% of your life to them for such a small pay and you get social security and you pay income tax. There, sometimes you get a bonus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like you don't get the stuff like any kind of health benefits or, or nothing right. whatsoever. Exactly. And what I've realized lately too is in a workplace, you need an incentive. Work culture aside, that's a, a whole other topic. But just as an employee or as an employer, you need to have incentives for your people. If you're having them come and working 12 hours a day, then have an extended leave or give them a, a, a better bonus program. These are things that would actually make people not want to just spend all their money in one week. You know, they have things to look forward to. They can, I don't know, maybe start putting money aside to get a piece of land or whatever it might be, you know? And, and you know, I think a big problem is that we don't think bigger picture in the sense that if we realize that without us a business is nothing then they oh, yeah. are forced to change the way they treat employees but because we don't make like we don't stand for anything in that sense they just look at it as okay if you leave i'll just find somebody else that wants to do it yeah and even that drives into the the, the fact that there is no incentive so we kind of force our employees and by our i just mean people in belize we kind of force them to live this cyclical life of work, get paid, spend it all in one weekend, work, get paid, you know, and it's like, what's the purpose in that? You know, you want to, if you have a great company that gives you great incentives, makes you actually want to come to work, then you can like kind of take a step out of that cycle and look at what's more is there for me in this life? You know, you start focusing on yourself rather than just focusing on the fact that you have to go and work a 12 hour shift for seven days and you get one day to yourself. Not worth it to me. Not worth it. I agree. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's like, no, no disrespect to anyone that's working there because I understand you have to make money. Right. But at the same time, you know, don't, don't look at it as your end game. Right. And I'm just saying that it's just, it's super hard. Like, like you said, no, no shame, no hate to people that live that lifestyle. It's honestly, it's a hard thing to break out of, but it's the way that it is. And that's the, that's the sad part that we don't have better options here, that we don't have better benefits here, or that employers don't care about their employees. They're the reason I agree. We should probably all get together and unionize and, but I think even that would be extremely hard to get something good out of. You know, it would it really wouldn't change a lot given the culture that we already have in Belize in the work environment. It's a lot to overcome. Not saying it's impossible, but it is a lot. And it would take quite some time to really fix all of the problems that are already there. 
Okay, so um back thanks to brokenness. Um <laughs> so um after work, you know, during that whole transition from toxic work environment to where you are now, you decided to go back to school, which was yeah. put on pause in the past. So what made you decide like, okay, this is the time for me to go back to school? Honestly, I think I have to thank the new workplace. Um to put it in perspective, just in like my first couple months of working with this new job, I felt the same overwhelming feelings that I was feeling at my past job and the same feelings that made me stop school. They were resurfacing and I found it really, really hard to come up with an excuse to ask for time off. Um, but I asked for time off and in the end, for whatever reason, I decided to tell my my boss why I took time off which in, I did that with my previous boss and they ended up making it a whole big deal, which waste was waste of time, waste of time traumatic even. So I had a really hard time, but I decided to do it. And my boss to this day checks in with me, like, how are you doing? How's your mental health? Do you need time off? Like he was so sweet, so attentive. And that helped me a lot. It made me feel seen. It made me feel appreciated on my team. And that made me pay more attention to, to like the mood swings that I would have. Cause I would get in these states where it's like, I'm, I can't function. I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like barely get out of bed. So it made me start paying attention to that a lot more. And Soon I found that I got the hang of it. And mind you, this is because I have people now that support me. I stopped blaming myself for things. I stopped shutting down. And I started to get a better grip on it. And I knew that I needed to do school. Um, if you can tell from what I was talking about at my past job, I knew when I tapped out my opportunities for promotions. So I know that if this is the highest right now, the only way I can get higher is through an education. So I was like, all right, let's start looking. Um, and yeah, I chose an easy option, a cheap option that I could afford and also still work without feeling too overwhelmed. But yeah, I just started uh, last semester, actually. So August. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's an easy option because at the end of the day, I, I've heard it too many times being a business major. I've heard it too many times from people that study science, science stuff, biology, chemistry, whatever. Oh, business is easy. I'm like, hey, no one told you to study what you're studying, right? <laughs> so at the end of the day, you're stud not studying something that's easy. You're picking something that you deem to be interesting, something that you want to learn in. Oh, actually, no, I wasn't referring to, to my... Uh the field that I chose. No, oh, I was, I, I, I was yeah, like, huh? no. Because you said oh, no, no, no. easy. So I'm like, huh? What you no, 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 no. Honestly, like, I think I did like a semester at UB doing social work because they don't offer psychology. Yeah. And no, that seemed like an easy way out. The thing is, I respect my field. I, I know it means something. It, a lot of people have, have discouraged me on psychology, but I know that it's, Okay, it's worth it. <laughs> I, I'll just crawl back into to my corner. And <laughs> <laughs> no business is not easy either. I I disagree with that. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, I'm not here for that. But no psychology, psychology, why psychology? 
Um, like I said, I just just knowing my own experience and then starting to see how nobody really thinks about mental health. Nobody. Nobody can't diagnose themselves. Well, not that you should, but the problem is like nobody knows if something is wrong with them and if they need help or if they need to do something different. And so that was like my biggest drive. Um, ultimately, I knew that I needed to do psychology so that someday when I completed my studies, when I'm in a place that I can help, I'm coming right back here and I'm going to help. That was my biggest drive. Okay. Well, you know, I think it was not too long ago. Um, this this Belizean TikToker, right? You probably know of him, Ray. Well, I know Ray. I've met Ray a couple times. Uh, the Dread guy. Ray, oh, okay, um, engineer. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I, I remember he made this TikTok talking about worse degrees to have in Belize or or something to that extent. And if I'm not mistaken, psychology was one of them on the list. No, definitely. Your your options, if you have a psychology degree here, is teacher or counselor or yeah. HR. I mean, the last one I would want to have is teacher, to be quite honest with you. Oh, no, I agree. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I know, like, hey, salute to the teachers because, man, I do not have patience. No, yeah, I saw what my own psychology teachers went through. Obviously, they studied psychology because they also wanted to help and make a difference. But with the great options that we have here in Belize, in order to make ends meet, they needed to take up the teacher position. And they hated it. And I don't blame them. Us kids, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I didn't really learn much in my psychology class at UB because... <laughs> My, I, I won't say too much, but he, he had other things to do. He had other responsibilities at the university and it was mm-hmm. a late night class. So many times we only get half of the class period. Not that I'm complaining, right? Because <laughs> you just go home, you go home earlier, but, and, and at the same time, you have that time to kill and just chill with your friends because your parents are assuming, <laughs> you know, you're still in gonna, class. You're not going to ho- come home until this time anyway. So you have a little bit of time to play with. <laughs> but yeah um psychology is very interesting i must say i i had this one teacher while i was in taiwan an american guy he is the type of person that you have to listen in his class he is one of those teachers that you have to keep your phone down you do not he does not want you to be on your phone which is good because you're supposed to pay attention and he would like to stomp on the ground really hard sometimes i was like if you're not if you're not paying attention, you kind of get jump scared because of it. <laughs> what he was very passionate about what he was talking about. Okay, nice. Which in have you had that experience with any of your teachers right now that have been very passionate about? Uh so I studied. I have my associate in psychology, and that oh. experience was not great. We had teachers who would quit in the middle of the semester we would need to randomly find somebody else um it wasn't a great experience nevertheless I didn't skew my interest in the in the field and um I must say now that I've started UA I can't even give you an example or or an experience I'm currently just trying to knock out like or 
yeah, knock all the intra classes and, and get my exemptions in order. So I haven't found what it's like here at UA. Um, but yeah, I would like to hope just based on, so I've taken a social work class with UA and okay. they seem really great, honestly. For example, with UB, teacher aside, like even students weren't interested in it. Everybody just thought that it was, oh, let's just pass a class and get along, you know? But this social work teacher and even the students were, they really cared about what they were doing. And in this social work class, they would talk about pretty much uh, ethics of counseling or uh, counseling within the workplace. And people took it really seriously. And I must say, I am doing open campus. So that's not a direct reflection of what it would be like here. We're talking St. Lucia, we're talking Trinidad, you know, so... Unfortunately, I, I would hope that a lot of my Belizean, you know, fellows are in there and passionate about the course as well, but I honestly wouldn't know. So, like, because you're only doing intro classes, I will assume that they're not so challenging based on the fact that you have a kind of a, you already studied psychology for your associates. Yeah, and the, I guess... Challenges come with the fact that I'm also doing a minor in HR management, so human resource management. So I've been doing some of those classes, which because I've also been working in HR for over two years now, it doesn't seem that challenging, especially because I'm only doing like two classes. So I I do that so that I can focus on work, focus on my home and not feel too overwhelmed with work. I guess the takeaway from that would be is I I've come thus far with my own mental health that I know what I can handle. Okay, that's that's good. Yeah, I mean I could have been doing five classes, but I know for a fact I can't. I would fail. So I'm doing two classes and that's what I can handle. That's my path. And you know that that's a key reminder to everyone to, you know, work at your pace. Sure there may there that I can't even talk sometimes. Um <laughs> Sure, there may be times that you're not able, like you have to take on more than you would like to. But in general, don't bite off more than you can chew. Because I think, day, you only you struggle. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of students face nowadays. And I see it a lot. They burn out a lot because they've set their goals and they're looking at everybody else's pace and they know like, well, I need to get there and I need to get there quick. And it took me taking my break and experiencing work and a whole lot of other things to say, you know what? I might not get my bachelor's by I'm t- by the time I'm 22 or 23. I would like to. That's what everybody else is doing, but I can't do that. And that's not a reflection of me being a failure or me being inadequate. It's just that my path is different and I need to respect that or else I'll just be setting myself up for failure. Yeah. And, you know, even though you can recognize that your part may be different, at the same time, it's still hard when you see everyone doing these things around you. You know, you will have those moments where it's like, man, I'm I'm really behind. I've like, even heard that uh, I have an uncle who's, who just got his doctor. Like, he's an official doctor now. And he still to this day, like he took a break, a one year break from school. And he says that he regrets it because now he finished, he's finishing too late. And I'm like, 
You seem to be doing fine. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there's no such thing as too late. You're pretty much right on time. Like, when you look back at it, I don't think you really, throughout those years, you didn't really feel that way. So it's like, you know, like, I remember growing up, it would mostly always be just associates. And then you go to work, and then eventually you get a bachelor's. And if you want a master's, very few people would get it. However, now in a more competitive world where education is more accessible, a lot of people are going straight through to bachelors, some even to masters. And it kind of messes with you at times because I remember I graduated when? June last year. And I'm graduating at 25 with a bachelor's because when I went to Taiwan, I had to start basically from scratch. I did four years, even though I already had an associate's, which was fine. It was free. It was a scholarship. So whatever. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, I'm graduating at 25 with a bachelor's. I know people that just got to Taiwan and are graduating with a master's and they're like three or so years younger than me. I'm like, damn, what, what was I doing? But then at the same time, you have to look back and realize, okay, while they may have accomplished it, this at this age, there are other things that you did as well that will benefit you in the longer run. Because like for myself and for you now, you have that working experience. You already know what it's like. So when you finish with your degree and you go into a different job or whatever, you know what to expect. You know how to carry right. yourself. You know, those are priceless compared to just going straight through the school. Not saying that going straight through is bad either, but at the end of the day, whatever route you take, it has its pros and cons. Right. I just think, it's just, it's so important as an individual for you to not look at what the person next to you is doing. I think that's the last thing you should do. It's, it's so discouraging. It might even, and even if you're doing better than the person next to you, then you just become this horrible person because you're like, oh, they're beneath me, you know? So it's like very important to look at yourself Look at where you were, look at where you are now and where you want to be. I think that's the, the, the best way to look at it. Like, like, what's the thing that they put on the horses? I don't yeah. even know what it's called. I don't know the name. But, Straight but and you, narrow. <laughs> you, you need that to just keep looking at where you're going and not worry about what everyone else is doing. Right. Yeah. So now you're, you're pursuing your degree in psychology, minoring in HR which is very essential in order to change a workplace environment because, you know, psychology is the way the mind works and that will help you to figure out what makes people want to do what they do, how to, you know, pull the right strings in order to help them be the best version of themselves, which in HR is something I want to do my master's into. So th that's that. Um, How do you think we go about implementing things to change the work culture in Belize. Ooh, that is a fun one, actually. I'm still working on, on how. I know that it needs to be done. I'm, I'm going to make sure it happens. Even if I'm not the first one, I'm going to make sure that it, it finds its way here. Um, but a game plan that I've had so far, and I, I need to put a patent on this, hopefully. <laughs> um, but I, I think... Belize, like Papisho, for lack of a better term. And the reason I say that is if I come into, 
don't know, any any corporation, any business, and I and I propose to them, I um, I'm gonna change your work culture. I'm going to only hire people that are passionate about what they do, people that are happy to work, and if for the people that aren't happy, I'm gonna find a solution for them. They're gonna be like, who the hell cares? Why would we do that? I think we think need to. You, who do you think you are? Who do you exactly? <laughs> I think to to really get beliefs on board, we need to sell it to them like it's something grand, it's something they've never had before. And I'm honestly picturing that, and I might not come back in five years, not ten years. It's not gonna happen within ten years. I don't think so. I would hope so, but it's gonna be when I work at all the places that I could work and I've changed all the processes that I can and I come back to them and say, look, I can do this for you for this price. And then they might be like, okay, I, I see what you're you're saying here. But if we come to them like hearted and say, we want to do what's best for our people, they're not going to be on board. At least not today. Maybe in five years it's different. I hope so. Um, maybe more than five, to be honest I, with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, one thing that I, I feel is the biggest problem is the older heads. The senior people, when, and you know, they say not to let things get to you. Don't let a position get to your head, but oh. And you know, this is exactly why I say, and I, I truly believe it's going to be a matter of selling it to them. If you look at a lot of big businesses in Belize, what they're doing right now, they're not hiring a Belizean CEO or a Belizean CFO. They're looking in Miami, in Houston, in anywhere else. And they're paying them to do that work because it's different. It's expensive. They trust expensive. They trust that. They don't trust Belize. Like where Jennifer said, so we got limited talent. Limited talent, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to we need to like big the bring the big guns out and i think that's the only way they're gonna get on board you know what i'll, I'll just become a billionaire and, <laughs> and, and buy all the big businesses and just change everything fire everybody <laughs> and because i don't know i don't have the patience i'm, I'm a very um hard reset and i didn't agree um. from that. maybe i probably related to thanos you know Ah, yeah. Probably. I mean, I don't disagree with with his uh philosophy, you know. Like, I can't say that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he had he had very valid points. What I noticed too, what I noticed my coworkers would do is that one hour task, they would take five hours to do, and so it looks like they're busy all afternoon when I've completed mine <laughs> a long time ago, and and the upper the the older people the, the people with the uh, power they don't like to see that to them that looks like i'm not working hard enough or that i'm too busy on youtube <laughs> and and you know that's funny because i i usually help my cousin do some work for her business right and then sometimes i, I stretch it out because i don't have the time and then some days if i'm able to just focus fully on it i can get it done fast and so my mom is like, hmm, now that you're only spending one day, she shouldn't give you as much as she, I'm like, no, it's still the same work. I'm just doing it fast. <laughs> like at the end of the day, it's a job. It doesn't matter how long I take as long as I get it done. 
And and you know, it's crazy because in that same work environment that I used to be in, um, there's this senior guy who was public enemy number one. I used to, I used to be it, my worst behavior when he was around because I know I have support. Well, not worst behavior, but as in just stand up for myself. Um, I remember when I just started working, I used to do so much of this one thing. I used to do too much. Wait, like you have an amount you have to do for the week. I probably finished in like two days. And then he's like, yo, slow down, slow down. Because one, it gives me more things to verify because he has to verify for multiple people. And two, he's like, if you do this, they're going to raise the amount you have to do. And it's like, when you're not able to meet it, then it's going to be a problem. That is so funny because I remember when I first started working at my first job, I would come home and complain because I was living with my father at the time. And I would come home and complain, like, I don't get it. I, I get my work done, but they still give me shit. And and the other person is, is just on Facebook and they're, they're dragging their feet all day and, and nothing happens to them. And he would ask me, so like, what are the things that you're doing? And, and I said, well, I would do this. And as soon as I'm done with that, I find something else to do. And he literally told me, this is a man that's been working for many, many years. He told me, you need to stop that. You need to do less. And I was like, that makes no sense. <laughs> you know, like, like, I guess less is more like they all often say, right? But that's a problem with these, right? Maybe it could be on... Not only in Belize, everywhere else, but that's a problem we've both seen here in Belize is that when you go above and beyond, it's a problem. And then at the same time, they 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 tend to forget that right now when I'm free to do this one specific task, I can do a lot of it. However, later on when I have different things to do, that one task might go down because I'm doing many more things. However... If you're already doing going above and beyond, they expect you to stay there. And then when you fall off for valuable reasons, it's like, oh, not valuable, valid reason. I can't even talk sometimes. When you fall off for valid, valid reasons, it's like, oh, what's, what's the problem? Why are you not working? Right. Meanwhile, you're still doing a lot of things, but they're looking at that one little thing. And yeah, that's so funny to me because you've been doing this great work and you get no recognition for it. And the minute that you falter for, what's the word they use? <laughs> but the minute that you falter, you're immediately penalized. Um, to give, and this is just to put into perspective of why this current job has helped me so much. So what I, I recruit, I am a talent acquisition member. So that's what I did. However, there was a different task that was thrown my way. And instead of my boss coming to me with, you need to get all of this done, he got, got went out of his way to ask me or more so proposed to me if I should put a pause on the other things that I'm doing so that I have more time to focus on this new task. And that's how it should be done. That made me feel like just a cycle of being seen and, and knowing my value. They understood that this is obviously too much work. And they said, let's do it a different way. Love and, it. And you know, what's sad is that we look at those things and we're like, wow, oh my. 
<laughs> when in reality that's that's the way that's how it should be you yeah. know and, that, and that's really sad because we've grown accustomed to to not being in a very how to say positive environment that when we're in one it's like oh my goodness this is amazing oh, yeah. like it's literally a, it's a bare minimum yeah literally this job is why i'm like okay we need this in belize we need this ace up because it it's not what i experience it's not what i hear other people experience so i know it's not just me i know it's not me being irrational i know it's something that exists across the board and a lot of people that choose not to say anything are the same ones that are very you know oh you need the job so uh whatever you you need the money so right and there's no incentives it's just it's just the way the culture is here yeah so um to anyone that's listening if you're in hr please fix your ways you need to be fixed <laughs> or if anyone is is working in a very toxic environment please do not be afraid to say something however at the same time in this day and age where everyone is working at a place where you're very disposable it's kind of yeah. hard to say something too but at the same time you know have some pride have some dignity like like they always say if you stand for nothing you fall for anything yeah so and i would say even if you're not in an environment where you can say something or that you you know you, you don't feel like you can stand up for yourself then start being that change start being the person that you know gives praise for when somebody does something beyond their workload you know by you bringing that positivity somebody might catch on and it might not change the entire environment, but it, it's a tiny change and it goes a long way. Yeah, like if you could change 1%, that's still a change at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, or do what Mia did. Try to find a better place to work at. Yes. <laughs> I wish you all luck. <laughs> yes, please. I mean, I don't think any of us would be lucky to have her job based on those descriptions of oh do you need a break i don't think i'll ever find a job like that but i, I mean who knows who knows maybe i'm wrong oh yeah no my boss is the best i can't complain <laughs> have you ever heard anyone say that never never <laughs> ever not not like not even a co-worker doesn't have to be a boss not even a single co-worker so oh and i have a i have a lovely team they're the best on it like no sarcasm i have a great team <laughs> And you see, you have to say no sarcasm because we're not used to those things. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, before we wrap it up, is there anything that you want to say that we didn't say? Um, I'll probably remember right after we hop off this. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's usually usually the way it is, but it's okay. Yeah, no, I I just I actually to you, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um. I, I haven't seen all your episodes, but I followed you for quite some time. And I, I really liked what you were doing, um, especially, you know, giving us a chance to listen to what our own experience is like with mental health. That is, if not HR, trust me, that is one of the huge step, biggest steps that you can take to start change here. So awesome. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just a little something, something slight. <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm sure you've helped a lot of people <laughs> indirectly <laughs> and hopefully this one can do the same that's always a goal if it's just one person at the end of the day it makes a difference 
And yeah. since we're we're here still, let me shamelessly plug. If you need to stay in tune with the podcast, follow at underscore planet josh underscore on Instagram. You will find the link in the description. Um as for YouTube, not all the episodes are up on YouTube because that's way too many episodes for me to go back <laughs> and upload. You can find them on the streaming platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it may be. You don't have to pay people because a lot of people think you have to pay. But yeah, that's that. Um, Once again, Miss Mia Dawson, thank you for taking time out to be here. Thank you for your suggestion. Like I said earlier, I am always open to suggestions with substance that we can talk about. I'm not going to be here talking foolishness because i do that on a regular basis as is so i don't have to come here and do that too but yeah thank you and until next time i'll catch you guys on the next episode peace